0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay. Sorry to say we didn't start the podcast this week with a uh, Mission Impossible theme song, maybe next week. But um, yeah, actually, it's funny. If you tuned in last week, then it's funny if you listen on Sunday to, to Tim's intro as well. As, that was the Holy Spirit's guidance right there. Well, we were trying to lobby
1: for him to use our version of it, which is infinitely better. Than, Did you guys than, hum it? I
2: haven't listened. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. if you're like Charlie, if you're like ignorant Charlie over here, I'm just kidding, go back and listen to last week's episode and you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of that. Let's get
2: an encore, encore version, come no, on. No, no, <laughs> the moment's gone, the moment's no. gone. All
0: right, all right. Anyways, all right. Uh, rewind, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Behold Podcast, dear friend, follower, listener, all that good stuff. And as you have probably inferred from the intro and in this conversation, you're with Sean and Dan and Charlie Ming. Hello, people. So before we get rolling here, Let's do a little check-in, Charlie. It's been a little bit, and Dan. I mean, you had a fun week, so let's just hear how are you guys doing. What's what's going on in your hearts?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, this is Charlie. I'm I'm doing well. I mean, obviously, the season of grief is is weird and crazy, and there's ups and and downs, and just trusting the Lord in that process, and in the midst of all of it, we continue to see his faithfulness and consistency. And I mean, that's been, I think the theme for the last month is faithfulness and consistency in the way that God demonstrates himself to us. And also in the way that we want to live in the midst of losing Sarah. Um, We were able to go up to Truckee with some friends uh, a few weeks back and just enjoy some time in the snow, which was really sweet. Um, First, first trip without her. So um, definitely some tears in that process and, and figuring out, you know, how does that look and all that kind of stuff. Sarah was big when we would like if we were driving somewhere and we would come to a place where you could see like the sun and the clouds and all the glory. She'd be like, oh, look at it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> right. Like she was so amped on it. She was so vocal, like uh, so in, vocal in her yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. Yes. Or if it was like a little tiny puppy, she'd be like, oh, my gosh, look at this little puppy. Like, just yeah. very vocal in what she enjoyed. Um, so it was it was sweet driving up because we came up to the point where you start to see the snow and you see the the beautiful just landscape. And the kids were like, oh, mama would love this and that kind of stuff. So just Aww. really, really sweet. But in the midst of that, obviously, uh, just, you know, navigating the loss of her and, and talking through that. Just really, really good for me, good for the kids. But then having fun, just going up there and having kind of a break from, from everything and just, you know, soaking in God's creation, soaking in the incredible relationships we have. We went with some friends. Uh, it was a great time. So we're, we're doing well, you know, as well as, as well as we can be. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to have you with us. And, and, um, thanks for sharing. We, our family got to have a little getaway too. We, uh, we, we found out kind of, last minute that our uh our school was going to take a couple days off for like a teacher work day hey dan that so was,
2: like, I'm, I'm in the same district as you that was on the calendar a long time ago oh man well <laughs> oh boy
1: okay well
2: no i just I, uh, I found out that week okay no that's okay
1: so anyway so we're like hey let's let's um let's get out of town for a couple days because uh the kids are going to go back to school in person uh later this month and so we're like hey this will be a last hurrah and we, I'd been wanting to get up to Yosemite. The kids have never been up there yet, which is crazy because our oldest is almost—he's um, you know—he's gonna be turning ten this year, and so we're just like, this is crazy. We got to get him up there. Um, went up. It was really fun. We we the, the weather showed that it was gonna snow, so we were kind of looking forward to that, um, but we didn't know what the situation was, you know, with how much snow was gonna be on the ground. So we were we were kind of unprepared uh, for you know in the clothing department. Um, so, but the kids were just you know, crazy. They wanted to play in the snow and everything and throw snowballs and 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 snow angels and everything. Um, but it was just so funny because they kept uh, complaining about how their hands were cold. <laughs> and we would tell them like, hey, you know, we'd help them get their hands warm, whatever. Show them, show them how to do it, and then they'd be like, "Hey, but just so you know, if you go back in the snow, like we're gonna have a repeat of this whole situation." And and it didn't matter how many times uh, we told them that. No,
2: day. you yeah. had no gloves. We had no gloves.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was uh, quite quite the 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 situation. But but it's beautiful. It's really fun. I, I've never been to Yosemite when there's snow up there. I mean, it was so amazing. I mean, Yosemite Falls was coming down and like turning to snow in the air. So like below the waterfall was like a massive, you know, pile of snow. It was just cool. It was half dome looked amazing. I mean, it was really, really beautiful time. So yeah, we're back, back to reality and um going to hit the ground running here.
2: That's awesome. Sean. Yeah. You're, uh, like, I you're like four weeks out, right?
0: I am four weeks out. <clears throat> um, yeah. That's kind of my big update. My go-to every, once people ask how we're doing. So, yep about four weeks until we hopefully have a little human with us. So that's, what's new in the helch household and Patty's just doing great. You know, she been so proud of her. Just, I I can't imagine having a human in me and just the, all the discomfort that that brings, but yeah, she carries it well and she's doing, she's doing good. Obviously she's super uncomfortable and all that stuff, but I think that just kind of goes with the territory of having a person in you, you know?
1: Yeah. She's awesome. She's, she makes it look easy. And, uh, no no uh no news on a name yet huh You guys still keeping that under your hat or are you guys going to decide last minute or what's the dealio
0: I've said it and I'll say it again I'm going to name my baby when I look at her face that's, that's We of course we have names we like but we just want to make sure we like look at her and like yeah she feels like a We George did, this, we did the same thing. Is.
2: We did the same thing. We had like a yeah. list a list of like four or five and then Did you say George? It was a joke. <laughs> she looks like a George. <laughs>
0: Don't do that.
1: Georgiana. She looks like a Jezebel. She looks like a Jezebel. Georgiana. (laughs) Oh,
0: boy. So if you, listener, were tuning in on Sunday, you know that we're wrapping up our Who We Are series. And, you know, in this teaching series, we talked about what we believe as a church. You know, we believe the Bible is true, that that God is real, that his son Jesus saved all of us. But then we took kind of an interesting turn this week, and we talked about end times talked about what does the Bible say about what's going to happen? But more specifically, we didn't go into, and Tim Barley, he's the one who taught, he didn't go into all the nitty gritties of X, Y, or Z. But more importantly, which is what we believe is, why should this matter to us as a church family? You know, what are the the big takeaways in God's plan? And I love how Tim said it was the culmination of God's plan throughout all history. So what are the big things and why do we care about it? So as you guys are listening And what was the first thing that kind of came to your mind, or just how did listening to Tim just remind us of these things make you feel?
2: Yeah, it's funny when when he, uh, I I had a chance to look over his notes before he sent them, and he had like a pretty decent review of last week's where we talked about mission. And I was like, hey, you know, like you might get caught up in that, and then it's going to take away time from like the most important stuff. Tim did a great job with with his his time management on Sunday, but um, he did a great job too of of connecting how our view of, of the end times of what's coming will influence the way we live now. And I thought that was so important for us. Like just to say, do I really trust and believe that Jesus is coming back? Do I really trust and believe what it is he's going to establish when he comes back? And if I like have a proper understanding of those things, it's going to influence the way that I live now in the way that I love and care for and speak truth to, to the people in my life. So I really appreciated that connection right there at the beginning of saying, Hey, we're on mission. And this is why we're on mission is that we want to see as many people as possible come to understand who God is and what he has accomplished for us through his son.
1: Yeah. And, and just related to that is, man, it was, it was so encouraging for me to just be reminded that there is an end and that the end is, and that the end is good. You know, and I think especially all the things that we've been through over, over this last little season, you know, of, you know, since, since coronavirus and, and all the craziness that's happened, you know, ever since the world kind of changed forever, uh, man, how, how encouraging is it to know that there's an end and that the end is good?
2: Yep. Well, and how, and, I mean, not to like over, you know, make this like, I don't want to make this too solemn, but losing my wife. Right. In, yeah. in you know, two, two plus months ago, like focusing on that, like I was in tears, like small little tears. I wasn't like weeping, but little small tears, probably six times throughout that message, because in the midst of it, there's just this recognition that death is not the end, right? Like yeah. we are conditioned as humans to think that's it. Like this life is all we have, but it's not like there yeah. is so much more to come when our savior comes back.
1: Well, yeah, and just that you know, I love how how Tim brought us to to Job, and and oftentimes he is kind of the archetype of the of the suffering faithful, you know, servant and friend of God, um, the one who who remains righteous during tribulation, you know, and and it's just it was amazing just to hear the words of Job that who who lived thousands of years before Jesus was born, before the new covenant was established, before. Um, you know a lot of these things about the end times were prophesied right um, and and just for him to to carry this sentiment in the middle of his suffering that <clears throat> eschatology you know the 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 study of end times and and the events that that are going to take place is the fulfillment of God's of God's good plan and i mean it just that verse i mean those couple of verses there like talking about just the confidence in his redeemer. And even though, uh, you know, I'm, my skin is going to be destroyed. Like I'm still going to see God with my own eyes. And then he ends it with uh, my heart is yearning for that day. My heart is yearning for that day to, to, to be face to face with Christ. And that really resonated with me, especially in light of everything that we've been going through this, you know, this last year and a half.
2: Right. Like it's so easy to think that things are haphazard that God is it's, there's like, there's like just an arbitrary kind of like whatever happens happens, you know what I mean, and everything's open to chance, who knows what's going to go on. But that reality that from from the beginning, I mean you go to Job, you can go all the way back to Genesis, like this has been this has been God's plan from the get-go and nothing is going to get in the way of that. Like awesome. he is he is faithful to what he has promised. And man, it just it just I I hope for those of you who listen Sunday, for those of you who think about these things, I hope that it produces like, the deepest kind of excitement. You know what I mean? I think about, like, my kids, like, gearing up for Christmas morning or my kids gearing up for a trip to Disneyland. Like, just that there's this, like, inner, like, little, like, shaking ball inside them <laughs> that they cannot hold still because they're so excited. Like, I want to live not only with that kind of certainty that this is coming, but, this, but the excitement that comes with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, too, because as I was listening, and I think some of you guys, too, as you're listening on Sunday, I kind of, that's how I felt, absolutely. But I could totally see at the same time, and, and Dan, you and I were talking about before a little bit about this, but I could see how someone could hear that same message, and maybe with the help of Satan's whispers a little bit, receive it in a different way of just a little bit of like, this sounds crazy, you know? Like, some of the things that we're describing are so crazy, and that's why I think I love you up Job. And then, you know, going a little bit more forward, look at other examples where things written so long before Jesus came happened, you know, like Isaiah, what, 700, 800 years before he came and then all his prophecies were fulfilled. And so I think that's why just context is important when we're talking about this, because for us, you know, we, and this isn't true, but we can feel like God isn't moving in the same ways that he used to now. Of course, we know that he is at work and he's doing those, work, those works every single day, but Context-wise, you know, 2,000 years ago, these things were fresh, you know, for a Jew living 2,000 years ago, for the the idea of the veil being torn and the temple being torn down, like that is as crazy to them as these things are to us and what culture would say today. So just put yourself there a little bit that even though it feels kind of foreign to us and it feels kind of far-fetched in certain ways, for the people when this was written, man, that is like, these things are happening real-time today, so it's a lot more easy to, to grasp the idea that Jesus would come and all these things would happen like, like that.
2: Well, I think that's one of the reasons like God communicates himself through his word, right? Like you see his faithfulness. Like I love, I love that song. We sing it sometimes, Dan, like great is your faithfulness. Your, your, your promises stand, great is your faithfulness. Yeah. And we don't say that, we don't sing that strictly off of emotion, We sing that because experientially as a human race, God has demonstrated those truths like his promises stand. His faithfulness is great. Like what he says he will do, he will do. And so we can go back to Job. We can go back to Isaiah. We can go all the way back to Genesis, you know what I mean, and see that we have a God who actually follows through, who does what he says he's going to do. And I think that's huge for us when we look at, like, things like Revelation. And it's easy to get, like, caught up in the imagery of Revelation, the potential symbolism of Revelation.
1: Or even the particulars, right? Or even the particulars, absolutely. Like,
2: that these things are going to have to come How are things actually
1: going to play out? Yeah, exactly.
2: And we can be like, there's no way. This is crazy. But if we stop and we look back at who our God is and how he has faithfully throughout history come through with his promises I, man that should lead us to this conclusion that he's he's gonna come through
1: yeah yeah like faith faithfulness produces faith right so if we if we remember God's faithfulness then faith will arise in us you know and and I'll just be honest I'll just kind of share my experience a little bit like as I was sitting there listening you know I, I've grown up in the church like I'm I'm, I work at a church for crying out loud. Like I, I, I'm, I'm in this stuff all the time, but for me, as I was listening, you know, there, there was, I heard the whispers of the world, like, you know, telling me th- this stuff isn't real. This, yeah. this is crazy, you know? And, and increasingly we're living in a, in, in a secular age where the, the supernatural, uh, you know, the, the idea of a heaven and a hell, the idea of, um, you know, even just something actually happens at the end, you know, or, or something there, there's life after death, whatever. Right. The, those, those ideas are, are being pushed more and more to the margins, I think of our society, you know, in a, in a public sense. Right. And so, I think the influence of that can be very subtle and that coupled with the fact that we don't talk about end time stuff that often, um, you know, just in, in our small groups or in our church services or just in normal conversation with people, it doesn't come up a lot, at least in my circles. Um, those two things kind of working in tandem, like I think stirred up some doubt for me as as I, as I was listening and I'm just like, man, is this stuff really going to happen? Like, is this stuff real? Um, and it got me thinking about, you know, we're heading into Easter, right. And got me thinking about the resurrection and how often we talk about that and how often I spend, you know, searching the scriptures for that and praying through that and, you know, talking about that with fellow believers. And, and that is a pretty wild, uh, crazy, supernatural, miraculous thing. Wouldn't you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, uh, you know, for some reason, I'm more comfortable with with that claim of scripture and that reality
2: because you know, it's I am happened, with, right? Yeah, yeah. versus yeah. what's not happened yet.
1: Totally, totally. And so for me, like I'm like I need to I need to to do what you're saying, Charlie, is like to go back and and look at how God has fulfilled His promises all throughout the ages, and and I need to I think also like spend some time renewing my mind. On these these issues, and and that's why I love what what uh, what Gary what Tim did on Sunday. He gave us so much scripture to look into, and he gave us so many different topics that we can drill down into.
2: And and he didn't claim dispensationalism versus amillennial versus pre mill versus post mill versus you know. What I mean, there wasn't like. This, and I know Tim has stances on that, right? Like, I have stances on that. Like, we, we, we have those it things. It
1: was a very balanced, like, objective, like,
2: overview. We're not getting yeah. bogged down with how this might play out. Instead, we're focused on this will play out. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge piece. Like, granted, some of my favorite people in my life and, and people who encourage me and who I look up to have very strong stances when it comes to how this will all play out. But they're humble in that, right? Like there's a humility in that. And I think that humility comes from looking at, like Dan, what you're saying is all these Old Testament prophecies, all of these things, you know, that culminate in Jesus coming. And yet most of humanity, most of Israel missed it, like did not see it, even though there's like promise after promise after promise. So that's what I want to cultivate is like to be well-educated, to be well-studied. Well, and, and they
1: were pr- they were proud. I mean, that you know, you, there's like no a humility, the, right? Yeah, and yeah, so that's, that's what I want. That's whether good. or not
2: you think, you know, hell is eternal or not, whether or not you think that Jesus is coming back before the tribulation or not, wherever you stand, I really think that with the, these kinds of things, it demands humility. Because ultimately, even though God has told us what he's going to do— we don't understand all the particulars. And mm. and that's okay. Like that is okay because here's what we do know. Jesus is coming back and he is going to restore everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. yeah and like, yeah, I appreciate what both of you guys brought up and in a weird way, it's, it's almost like comforting to think about um, how constant this struggle has been as far as this being sounding crazy to the world. You know, like Dan, you mentioned that the world's getting more and more secular and more hostile, which is totally true. But at the same time, you know, I'm thinking about first Corinthians like 2000 years ago, still, even for them, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, you know, but for those of us who are being saved it is the power of God. And so in that kind of way, like the constant, and again, God's faithfulness, like you're saying, is just so comforting as we process and kind of chew on these things.
2: When you look even at like, Paul's encouragement to different, different churches where he's like, Hey, yeah, like these people have fallen asleep, but here's what's going to take place. Like, here's, here's what's happening in that process. Right? Like there was still some sense from, from church to church, from, from denomination to denomination, even though they wouldn't have called it that at that point of understanding the full significance. But I am, I am certain of this, that God has given us what we need. Maybe not what we want in terms of exactly how this is all going to play out, but he has given us what we need to trust him, right? Going back to Dan, what you said earlier, he's faithful and he has shown himself to be faithful. And so at the end of the day, again, Jesus is coming back and there will be redemption and it is important for us to study the particulars, to look at what does Scripture say about what that will look like. And let me just let me just throw out, when you're listening to Tim talk or you're reading a blog or you're looking at Dan, Dan has a recommendation here in a second. And we talked about it earlier. Um, what's it called, Dan? Got questions. Got questions. And I'll let him plug that in a second. Whenever we're reading those kinds of things, and it gives us a scriptural reference, like go to that reference, go read the context. Like take time to actually absorb God's word when it comes to these kinds of things. But talk about that, Dan, for a second. Got questions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's it's this uh, it's this great resource um, where it's it's very searchable. I mean, you could even you could even go into into Google and just say like "got questions." you know, what is the millennial reign or got questions, uh, you know, what are the five heavenly crowns, you know, um, which which Tim challenged us to to, to look at um, on All Sunday. Right.
2: So you're telling me you took the easy way out and you just Googled it instead of going to your Bible. Yeah,
1: yeah. But <laughs> but I mean, but here's the thing. When you go there, there's tons and tons of, of, of scripture references to then you can go drill down and do what you're saying, Charlie. Of looking looking at the context and interacting with it and letting the Holy Spirit speak to you, um, you know about about these truths. But it's just a great launch point. And it, and what I love about it is it's it's very succinct. You know, it's usually one page. There's there's clickable links to to the scriptures that you can check out. And I've found it to be very balanced and um, you know not pushing a certain agenda. And and it just it says, hey, this is what the Bible says about dot dot dot. And, and you, and, and so all the different, you know, questions that, that come up regarding end times are easily searchable. And there's a great article that you could check out.
2: So, uh, yeah. And if you remember reading rainbow with LeVar Burton, what would he (laughs) always say? You don't have to take take my my word word for it. it. That's right. You don't have to take my word for it. And and that's what I like about sites like this is that they might not say, you don't have to take our word for it, but by the very nature of them putting the scriptural references in there they are inviting you to say hey check our work check check what we've studied and yeah. we've got to have that critical mind we've got we've got to cultivate that kind of mindset but man like follow follow through
0: with it well i was i was just going to say like even like like charlie i love you man and i know that you have a heart for god's word and if you taught me something i would say to myself you know what I can put total trust in Charlie that he will have done his best to be faithful to God's word. But still, I'm not going to just take your words. I'm going to go to scripture, you know? And I think that sometimes when we're talking about like like Google searching verses like that jest that Charlie just made, we live in the 21st century, people. Use the resources available to us. And every single day I'm Googling scriptures about faithfulness or whatever it is. But the key is, don't just Google it and then be done. You take that and you go to the Bible. You go to the Word. Because that has to to be, right?
2: And any book you read, any blog you listen (laughs) to, any book you read, any blog you listen to, any pastor you hear teach, whether it's somebody online or at Valley, whatever it is, I will tell you as a pastor, as a teaching pastor, nothing makes me happier or more joyful than when somebody says, Hey, you talked about this and I went to the word to like, look at it more like that. That's got to be the culmination. Yes. We have this responsibility to help equip and help, you know, explain what scripture says. But the hope is that as we mature, as, as the body matures, as folks mature, that they are seeking those things out and that they're getting the tools necessary in order to seek those things out. I'm not saying you need to go learn Greek, but, Why not? If you've got the time, right? Like do what you can in order to understand, understand scripture more fully.
1: Yeah, that's good, man. That's really, really good. So, So, so that's, that's a resource to just to check out and, um, and, and also as always, you know, let us know if, uh, we can be a help to you in this, you know, if, if you want to dig deeper on this, but you're not really sure where to start or, Maybe you're, you're, you are digging deeper and you, you, you're you bumping up against a scripture that you can't understand or you can't make sense of. Like, that's what we're here for. Bring it to your small group, you know, talk to uh, a pastor or a mentor or or, or any, any anybody else on those islands.
0: Yeah. And hey. also, I would just want to say really quick, that's a huge part of why this podcast exists as well. You know, say if you're listening on Sunday, just shoot a text to me or Dan and Charlie or whoever and say, hey, what are the five crowns? Answer it on the podcast and we'd be happy to do so
1: absolutely yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. that
2: is so good yep
1: hey so so one thing i th- uh, i would love to talk about and um you know i think i think we hey real quick dan uh sure hold that i was gonna switch gears so you go yeah you go. well
2: because it's this relates to it is it god dot org dot org okay now real quick and this is a horrible side note. But do you feel like they like this website like was created when like got milk was like
1: Milk, yeah. <sighs> Definitely. Definitely. Dude, it's got everything. The worst is like is like a um there was a whole like bumper sticker like fad going on, you know? And so everything it was like, you know, whatever you were into is like got, you know, not instead of got milk is like got hiking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh
0: man, that was terrible. Maybe, terrible it's the, maybe it's the same company and they just did a rebrand. Maybe it was got spiritual org, and now it's got oh, questions. I like that. Ooh, I like that. Slapping them. All right, Dan, take but away. We, we
2: should not yeah. desire just spiritual milk. We should desire the meat of the word.
0: You got uh, You got was, a verse for that? Cause I don't trust you. Two, that was a two Jesus different juke. references. The,
2: we, we just yeah, went, was, you know, go ahead, Dan. That was, <laughs> that was a, that
1: was a full on Jesus juke right there. Um, Okay, the wheels are coming off a little bit. So let me bring it back. So um, you know, I, one of the things that I thought was really helpful that we talked about on Sunday was just this this reality that we are we're kind of stuck in the in between a little bit. You know, when it comes to the um, the consummation of of you know the new covenant and the, and this God's promises, you know, fully coming to pass, His kingdom fully coming down. You know, um, it's it's already, but it's not yet. And, you know, I thought, I think that tension and is, is a very important thing for us to understand. And I'm curious, you know, what, what, what you guys do, you know, to, to live in that tension in a healthy way so that, um, we, we can honor God so that we can, um, I, I, the, the, the comment that kept coming up to my mind was like, stay ready. You know, I mean, Jesus taught a lot about his kingdom and how um, it's going to come like when we're least, you know, it's going to come when we're least expecting it, you know? And so, so stay ready, like keep the lamp burning, you know, Um, that kind of idea. And so as I was listening on Sunday, I was just like, okay, how do we stay ready? You know, how do we make sure that we're, we're, we're not found asleep when the master returns? Well, I feel like I
2: made this joke a while, like months and months ago, but like, we shouldn't live in that idea of this is what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back. Like we don't want to live. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Remember right? that. <laughs> we don't want to live in that, but there is some, Like a truth fear. To it that.
1: shouldn't be a fearful type of thing, but there like, is like some a, truth to it.
2: Right. Like in the yeah. sense of like, I, I like that statement as, as jokey as I said it, like in the sense of like a, a safeguard on how am I living? How am I interacting with my neighbors? How am I, how you know and it's so funny Dan like and that that brings up something that like was so on the forefront of my mind on Sunday was in the last 2 months since Sarah's passed heaven has become more about a reunion with her than it has been about seeing my savior and i don't want to be in that place the primary mm-hmm. thing about getting to enter into eternity like whenever that comes, whether it's Jesus returning or me dying, is that I get to be in the presence of my Savior, right? Like that is the primary thing. And and it was a good heart check for me because obviously I think that it's very easy for us to, whether it be wives or kids or careers or whatever it is, that there's those things can become places of idolatry where it's like this is the thing. And should I be excited about seeing Sarah again? 100%. But should that excitement take precedent over the idea that I will stand in the presence of my Savior? Never. And, and, yeah. and so it was a great heart check for me to say, look, okay, like as much as I'm excited for that, as much as like I can't wait for that day where my faith becomes sight and I have faith that Sarah is in heaven. I don't see it. Therefore, there's, there's faith involved in that. I'm excited for that. So much more so. And I know deep down, and I know it's developing even more more and more and more, so much more so is this excitement to be standing before my Lord, who Mm. suffered immensely more than Sarah did, who went through torment as a perfect human in order to secure for me a place in that place, in order to secure for me and Sarah, you know what I mean, eternity together in some way. And so it's just yeah. cultivating that idea like this is what Jesus accomplished. And I can't wait for our Easter series because we're going to look at what he endured in his obedience to the cross, like obedience to the father to to go all the way to that point of, of crucifixion. To like, focus on that and see just how beautifully he endured what he went through for his love for the Father, and his love for us.
0: Man, that's amazing, Charlie. And thank you for being open and honest. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, And at the same time, on the flip side of the coin, I think maybe you're not the norm of being overemphasizing on one part of eternity. I think most people are on the other end where they they have an apathy about eternity. You know, they're they're uninvolved, indifferent. And that's why I love what Dan, what you said about being-, being Hey, not, not
2: to be crass, just wait till you lose somebody you love. Like, oh, exactly. like, I don't mean to be rude about it, but like, wait until that hits. And then there's all of a sudden, this greater sense of like, What's, come, what's coming? Jesus, like, you know, yeah. I've always viewed it as like, you know, Jesus died to save me from my sin, to to do this work. But now having lost Sarah early, by most standards, I'm like he died to save her. Like she is with him right now. Like it has, it has broadened that perspective in such a significant way. I'm sorry mm. to, to step on your toes, Sean. Keep going.
0: You're not. You're not stepping. You're preaching, man. You do it. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think you're right. I think for so many people, they have those wake up calls. And what it comes down to is, is a lot of us fall into this trap of living life like we have time to come. Right. I think we say to ourselves, oh, there's always more time. I got I got to deal with this. I got to pay my bills, do my job, yada, yada, yada. And, but we're talking about eternity. We're talking about someone's eternal salvation. I'm just I'm just picturing this scenario where you have a coworker who you know is not saved. You know, I'm sure many of you are in this position where you have someone in your life and you maybe, maybe even thought about, should I talk to them? Should I tell them what it is? And I'm just, we've all heard this before of like, how much do you have to hate somebody to not share eternity with them, you know? And then the step two of that, it's like, I think a lot of us say, oh, well, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want them to judge me or cut me out. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to say it, that comes down to vanity and pride, I think. And then how absurd is it for us to place our vanity and our pride above the eternal salvation of this person next to us? Yeah.
2: And that's, that's a great full circle, right? Like from what we talked about at the very beginning with Tim's opening remarks on mission, right? And it has been so humbling and so good to think about the reality that my wife suffered with a terminal disease, right? And Tim said, we all suffer with a terminal disease. Sarah's was just much more pronounced in the sense of what she dealt with physically. And yet it led her to live her life with that kind of mentality and man, the number of texts and 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 emails and phone calls and you know on the different like sites that we have given updates like people saying the impact that Sarah had on their lives. It comes from a place because Sarah understood in a deeper way because she she had to grapple with her her death, her 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 impending death. She had to grapple with that that she lived boldly. And how dare we understanding that we all are going to face death. How dare we withhold the gospel? How dare we withhold the truth and the hope that we have that Jesus is coming back and that he's going to make everything new? How dare we withhold that reality, right? Like we've got to live with that kind of missional mind to say, my life is about his glory and if I'm going to proclaim his glory, this is what it means, oh, that he good. suffered and died for me and that he yeah. is coming back to make everything new and um. everything that I suffer for, suffer in, in life, everything that I go through, everything that's hard. I have this confidence as his child, as God's child, that he is going to use it for his glory, for his benefit, for my benefit, for my glory, like Stand in that, like walk in that, cultivate that kind of confidence so that when you're sitting there with a neighbor and they're like, yeah, we're really struggling through this or that or whatever it might be, where you can speak truth to them about the Savior.
1: Yeah, that's no, so good. And um, I'm I'm reading through the Gospels, um, you know, over the last like, I don't know, a couple months, just, you know, going a little bit every day. And, and I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know if the, I've been like, uh, Suss this out and, and know if it's actually true, but it seems like what Jesus teaches more than anything throughout the whole, his, his, the God, what's represented in the gospels is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And
2: prominent. And it's very, at the very least yeah. prominent.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so it's just, it's very, um, I don't know, it's been striking to me because I, w- I would think, oh, you know, He, he mentions it a little in the beginning, you know, but, but all the way throughout, you know, and, and I think for, for a lot of us that are, that are in Christ, we've, we have repented of our sins and come to faith and, and trusted him, you know, as our savior. But, but, um, that doesn't mean we're done repenting, right? And, and I think, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know, we, we can, we give ourselves over to, to the, to worldly things too much, you know? And, and if that's the case, if we're, if we're just, you know, constantly wrapped up in, in, in worldly stuff, and if we're, you know, our if if most of our life is about gratifying our sinful nature, right? Then of course, we're not going to be thinking about heavenly things. We're not going to be thinking about kingdom things or missional things. And and then when we hear stuff like this on a Sunday morning, it's going to smack us in the face, and it's going to sound so foreign and 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 strange to us, you know what I mean? But if we're if we're just living as missional kingdom people, and we're 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 offering ourselves to God as slaves of righteousness, and we're you know living on mission, um, I love Colossians three. You know, we're we're looking to heavenly things. You know. Then these things are going to be right in rhythm with with where we're at, and and it's go, we're going to we're going to hear it and say yes and amen, and 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 we're going to get excited and we're going to feel that that longing and that yearning and that hope like rise in us. Um, and so I don't know, like maybe that's a little gut check for us. Like if you were listening on Sunday and this stuff sounded weird to you or 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 strange or foreign in some way, like maybe it's time to to do some repentance to like to like turn back to. Um, seeking Jesus in his kingdom first, you know.
2: And I'll, and I'll say, like I mean for probably the last 4 or 5 years, honestly probably the last 10, like my favorite quote from a song ever and we've already mentioned it is lord haste the day when my faith shall be sight. And 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 Dan, you I think you prayed that or at least mentioned that in your closing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was just such a good a good hit for me because it's so Mm. it's, that is so monumental in the way that I think about life. Like I, like we know that faith and hope, those things will pass away at some point when Jesus comes back. Like there's no more hope anymore. There's no more faith anymore. Like it's real. It's there. It's, we see it right. It's right in front of us. Love is going to abide, right? Like love is going to keep going. But that idea of faith becoming sight where I step into those things that I have put my confidence in. I have stepped into those things that I have trusted about God's promises. Like, I want to live in that so much more fully. Like, I want to say, like, there is coming a day where everything that I have sacrificed for this is going to come to fruition. Like, it, it, like I'm going to step into the—it's going to be worth it. It's a slight— It's a light and momentary affliction compared to what I'm stepping into. And that's what I love about about Revelation. If you haven't read Revelation, read it. You might get confused. That's fine. Most of us still (laughs) are. But, like, read through it. And at the end of the day, this is what John, like, concludes with. This is what he, like, lands on. He says, he who testifies to these things, and he's talking about Jesus. Jesus, who testifies to these things that I have seen, says, surely I am coming soon. And then he says, amen, come, Lord Jesus. And like, that has been my rally cry. Like, that's been a prayer that is consistently on my heart, is, Lord Jesus, come. Like, come, Lord Jesus. And it's great because there's, like, sincerity in that. I want to, like, say that and then look up in the sky and see him coming down, right, with trumpets (laughs) going and horses flying and, you know what I mean, I'm ready. But it also secures my heart until he does because I have confidence that he will, right? Like, it, it puts me in this place in the midst of sorrow and sadness and grief and discomfort with the regulations and all the other things that are going on in our world and, and the different things that our nation is pursuing in terms of law and and all these things that are contrary to Scripture, that produces in me a heart that says, come, Lord Jesus. Because one, I want that to happen. Huh, Siri, do you guys just hear Siri? So, Siri's
1: trying to get on the pod, dude. Hey, you're not invited, Siri.
2: That honestly, I got I had chills from the tip top of my head down to my toes because I thought you got somebody scared. was in my house. <laughs> I'm taking my watch off. <laughs> I love it. Um, well,
1: well, and 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 you know what that makes me think of Charlie, as as you're saying all that stuff, like it makes me think, um, yeah, like we, we we want it. Like I love that Luke 21 passage, like that the Son of Man is going to come and he's going to return like with power and glory and. And our redemption is drawing near, you know, I love that. Um, And, and I think we, that's part of the tension that we're talking about is we are praying for Jesus to come. We do want to see that the end that is good. And we do want to see that, that Jesus is going to come back and make everything right. I want that. Like if it happened today, I would, we would applaud and we would rejoice. Right. But, but also, uh, how did Jesus tell us to pray? He he told us to pray that God's kingdom would would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that goes back to that missional thing. It's like we we are ambassadors of that kingdom. And and there are there's work to be done in the waiting. We don't just hide under a rock and wait for the master to return. No, there's work. There's bread to be made. You know what I'm saying? Like there's stuff to do. And and we we have to make sure that. I don't know and even just to think about this reality is like as we continue to see the gospel expand and evangelize the world and, and the, the love and message of Jesus go out to the lost like we we actually are hastening the day when the kingdom you know comes back like and not and not to we... get
2: over focused on that right because it's yeah. God's going to do it in his timing but right. what he has called us to helps to progress what he He's has playing. promised to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The unfolding of it, right?
0: Yeah, and well, I th- I think the theme here is clear for me in our discussion. Man, we have a mission, right? That Jesus has given us. We are going to make His name known, and that's why this stuff matters.
2: Yes, <laughs> and Sean, let me. I'm sorry. Let me just say, let me just say. If we get hyper-focused on, like, the end, the end, the end, the end, oh, my gosh, like, look at what our country's doing. Oh, my gosh, look at, like, what is happening in Israel right now. And we're hyper-focused on, like, every article, everything that we can consume in order to, like, prove some theory that we have in our heads. We are missing the mark. Exactly. those things have to propel us towards gospel proclamation. It has to propel us towards a global disciple making movement. Like that is the goal is to say, as we see these things progress, it's to say, I need you to hear the gospel of Jesus.
0: Amen. And you know, I think like the, the first question, why is eschatology matters? You know, why does it matter? And we're talking about some of these specifics, just to give an example here, you guys have heard, I'm having a daughter in four weeks and I am so excited to be her little daddy you know, and I'm so excited to see her and know her and all those things. But I don't need to know if her hair is going to be black or red to know I'm going to think it's beautiful. You know, I don't need to hear her voice right now to know that her giggle is going to spark joy in my heart every time I hear it. In that same way, we don't need to to hyper focus on the nitty gritties of when the rapture is going to happen, or premillennialism or postmillennialism, to know that our Jesus is coming back and it's going to be a glorious thing. He's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Yep. Let that be the the the, the posture of your heart as you're in this. Go rewind back to that scenario as you're sitting in your workplace or on their Zoom meeting, whatever it is, and you have that person next to you who doesn't know Jesus, man. They may be able to know Jesus because of you and their lives, because of because of how you love them, because of how you speak truth to them and be bold. And I just want to give a quick plug because next week or this Sunday, we're starting our Easter series. And man, what what a perfect opportunity to invite someone to check out our church and, and to, like Charlie said, have them be walked through what Jesus came to do, what he did for us. You know, and even I'll say it like one of the one of the pros in this hard time of COVID, it's almost easier than ever for that person to to join us on a Sunday morning, even from home. They can do it in secret if they're embarrassed, and to hear God's truth rain through. And you know, a- after we sign off today, there's a, a promo video for the Easter series, and we're just gonna play the audio, and you can hear um, just a little bit about that what that series is gonna be. But man, go to Instagram and go to the newsletter and and click on that video for it and send it to that friend. Cuz it'll be a little invite and just say, "Hey, I don't know if you're interested. My church is doing this. You can come with me if you want." It'll take you 2 seconds. And worst th- worst thing that happens is they say, "Oh, no, thanks anyways." But how hard is that?
1: Do it. It's not it's not that, not that hard. Hard, it's not hard actually. Not. We we share we share stupid stuff all the time. A stupid YouTube video or a, a funny gif or meme that we we saw. We share stuff all the time. It's we're really at good it. at it. Y'all. So just last year
2: <laughs> I had my son go and deliver a little devotional and an invite to our Easter service to about 6 neighbors. 3 of them joined us.
1: That's on awesome. that Sunday. That's amazing. Jude is cuter than than most,
0: but but I'm sure that helped. He's hard to say no to. Oh boy. Um Man. So again, this podcast and why we do this is to be able to better behold God together. You know? So even in our discussion during this episode, if there's questions that came out or things that you want clarity on, please reach out, text any of the three of us. You can email us at behold at VBC.online, all those things, because we want to be able to use this platform to kind of answer some of those questions and talk about it. But again, we're not here to talk about the, the particulars. You know, we're not here to debate those things. We're here to, to point our eyes to our Savior Jesus who is coming. Amen? Amen. Amen, guys. So, hey, we love you guys. We're, we're grateful you spent this time with us. We're going to play that uh, Easter series promo audio for you, and then hopefully we'll see you guys on Sunday to, to join us for that series.
2: Hey, oh, yeah. And he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come,
0: Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, man. Amen.
1: Why is it that so many people, even the ones successful by the world's standards, experience hardship, brokenness, and hurt so regularly? We're so quick to turn to everything that the world has to offer, to feel better about ourselves, or to fill that hole in our lives. And yet we fall short of doing so over and over again. It is simply not enough. But Jesus offers something greater. Jesus didn't offer a get-rich-quick scheme or the latest self-help trend. Instead, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he invited us to experience life by his side, to feel what it's like to live our lives without burden and shame, the way it was always meant to be. As we head into Easter, we focus on the overcoming hope that we now have because of our trust in the overcomer. The image of death, brokenness, and shame is vanished by the radiance of Jesus' face and the Father's loving arms. When the stone rolled away to reveal a victorious empty tomb, our reality was realized. The reality that because Jesus died for us and rose again, we now and always will have an overcoming hope.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online/behold. Catch you guys next week.